This is the Not Bitter, Just Better podcast. The Everton Our Way. Straight, Straight from, from the street, street end. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. Mr. Johnny Seven here as always. With Mark Mack, in studio this time. In studio, no messing about, sounding like I'm in a hollow cave somewhere uh, via the means of FaceTime. Although our studio is in a hollow cave. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> um, episode 50, 50, middle age. It's been a big week for birthdays this week, because it, uh, it was Bobby Brown Shoes' birthday this week, and it's our 50th birthday. Yeah. We can't be 50 already. I know, yeah, I don't feel a, a, a week over 49. No, neither do I know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, big five zero, pipe and slippers, all that business, uh, and lots of stuff to talk about. Well, kind of, we've kind of scraped the barrel a bit this week to talk about stuff, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, just on that, the the subject of anniversaries, we're starting a little bit of a hat trick of uh, significant numbers for the podcast, aren't we? I think uh, next week will be uh, basically a full year of shows. Yeah, the episode fifty one, a full year of shows, but because we missed one. That's why it works out like that, so it's our year, actually. Anyway. Uh, and then episode 52. We're having that as the start of our new season, basically, aren't we, as we as we build up to the beginning of the uh, the Premier League campaign? Yeah, there's a, there'll be a little bit of crossover, because obviously we'll talk about the Tramier game next week, and that's our proper pre-season in episode 51. But episode 52, we're seeing that as, as our proper push into the 2014-15 season for the Blues. I'm hoping to replace Johnny by that episode as well, so... Uh, With Mario Goethe? Uh, possibly, yeah. <laughs> I don't want him around me. He's a sick freak. <laughs> um, we'll talk about that in a minute, though. Yeah, we're just going to kick off. We're going to get to our Everton news and uh, the links and that in a bit, but we're going to start off, as we have done the past few weeks, and as we will do for the last time in this episode, by having a little bit of a World Cup recap. Would you be sad to see it go? Well, I am sad to see it go because it's gone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know... I am sad to see it because now I'm facing four weeks or so with no football whatsoever, apart from, as we've mentioned, uh, you know, a couple of pre-season friendlies that the Blues are going to be involved in. Um, it's weird not going home every night and watching football. Uh, do you know what I'm going to miss most? Brazil, Brazil. You're possibly the only person in the country that's going to say that because it was annoying. <laughs> oh, I thought it was fast. Especially David Luiz's face on when he used to do the Brazil version going into the uh, the credits because he just looked so cheesy and I wanted to punch him. Just uh, go, talking about the cheesy, and uh, yeah, I don't think we've ever talked about this on the podcast. What was it? What, what was it? Sorry, that when he did the uh, team lineups before kickoff. Why did they all do that thing where they were facing sideways and folding their arms? But not folding their arms, folding their arms up high above the above the chest like that. They're well, obviously just instructed to do that, aren't they? By... But they all look like knobheads. Well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you remember the one in the Premier League where uh, Jimmy Bullard pulled his shorts off dead eye when he did it and looked <laughs> down like he looked like a sort of mongoloid dwarf? <laughs> um, no, I don't remember that. But <laughs> I can picture it. Um, anyway, the, for, as far as the World Cup recap goes, uh, the third and fourth place playoff, and um, it took place on Saturday night. You're on your own for this game because I didn't watch it. I was watching the boxing, waiting for uh, Big Blue Tony. That's Bellamy not what to you told me. You were watching, and I was watching. Scarlet, I was watching Scarlett Scarlett Johansson kept getting a thrippy bit out. So aye, aye, this sounds a little bit better than you described it to me before. <laughs> 
Um, but Holland versus Brazil, very controversial moment uh, within like you know within I can't even remember within ten minutes I think it was where um, Robin's running through and Thiago Silva. Not Thiago Alves, because if Thiago Alves was on the pitch, then there might have been a few KOs, because he's a uh, UFC fighter, isn't he? When we were talking about this last weekend, you said Brazil's captain Thiago Alves. I was thinking in my mind. Isn't he? He's the, pit- the pitbull, isn't he? He's, he fights in UFC, but then, you know when you second-guess yourself, and I thought to myself, hang on a minute, if I'm wrong, I'm going to sound stupid. I know, I just sounded stupid instead. But did you notice, I said... After that, I wasn't I, I was, wasn't sure of myself as well, so I started referring to him as the Brazil captain rather than by name. The, be- the best thing that happened this week that was somebody came onto our Facebook page and criticised oh, yeah, us yeah, for yeah. getting the name wrong, but called you Jimmy <laughs> <laughs> and didn't realise the hilarity in his own mistake. Um, he was criticising us for getting a player's name wrong, but got your name wrong, which, th- which the, uh, highly amused me. Yeah, cheers for that, Benji. Called you Jimmy instead. Jimmy. I might change so, my name for that. I, I like it. So, nice one, Benji. That did amuse me this week. Um, so, anyway, yeah, Thiago Silva uh, pulled Robin back outside the box, last man, and uh, he gets a yellow card, but Robin gets a penalty for it anyway. Very bizarre. I think the ref bottled it a little bit uh, under the pressure in, the, in, in Brazil. and um, But Robin Percy steps up, makes it 1-0 to Holland. Uh, I think Brazil had rolled over after that uh, Germany defeat anyway and they didn't turn up really 3-0 uh, It was interesting to see that uh, Fred got dropped I wonder why Yeah well yeah I don't <laughs> But uh, did, did we talk about the number of touches Fred had on last week's podcast did I mention that about where against Germany he only had 13 touches in the whole game and 6 of them were from the kickoff. <laughs> Did you know that? No. Didn't talk I thought we might have mentioned that in the last week's podcast, but there you go. I don't think Joe exactly surrounded himself in glory coming in as re- his replacement against the Dutch. His movement was a little bit better, but he's so cack, isn't he? He's just rubbish. And um, Well, as Evertonians, we know exactly how rubbish he is. Do not get me started on that man. I refuse to talk about him. He's dead to me. <laughs> Uh, the second goal was quite nice uh, Daily Blind who I thought was called Davy Blind all the way up <laughs> through the World Cup <laughs> until uh, you'll have Benji on our case again here <laughs> da- yeah, Daily stroke Davy Blind nice little uh, one touch control and uh, same movement r- right foot volley um, I thought it was right foot now and not his left anyway great finish into the roof of the net and uh, champ stroke footy manager Legends, kind of. Uh, Georgie Wijnaldum uh, scored the third, and Holland deservedly got took bronze. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he was a legend. I remember signing him as a sixteen-year-old, and he was terrible for me. So, so there you go. Well, throughout the years, he was one of the few. You know, I mean, most of the players, and you can download packs for the players and that now, so you can get every picture on there. But he was one of the few who had the picture. Do you know when he started implementing the pitches? And that always made them more attractive to buy, didn't it? He was, uh, he was like, ah, oh, he looks cool, and he's got a picture, so he must be good. And he wasn't. <laughs> uh, just while we're on the subject of the Dutch, and obviously talking about blending and the Dutch defence, um, you know, throughout the World Cup, Everton have been linked with quite a few of the, the Dutch defenders. You know, De Vries, uh, Martin Zindi, uh, Blind. Uh, I've also been mentioned Daryl Yamat, who plays for Faye, who, who did play for Feyenoord uh, at right back. Uh, we were linked with him earlier this I summer. I thought that was you, you said that was going to be a done deal. Well, 
That, that was what I was told. It is a done deal now. He's gone to Newcastle. <laughs> He's gone to that bigger club. He's gone to Newcastle for it, four million. So the fee was exactly what we thought it was going to be for Everton. Um, so there might have been some truth in the fact that you know he was offered to Everton, for instance. It's just double agents, aren't they? Like Newcastle. Newcastle are another one of those clubs who, who use Everton as their scouting network, aren't they? Let's face it, along with Tottenham and everybody else. So, um, so yeah, Jan Matt has gone to Newcastle. Looks like he's going to be the replacement for Debuchy used Arsenal barn for about £12 million. Yeah. Um, so, as I said, Holland takes third. Uh, Brazil just bow out with a whimper in fourth. And Sunday, the real deal, uh, the World Cup final, Argentina versus Germany. Um, I did watch this one. Didn't we, did we predict correctly? And I mean, not just the side, did we say that it'd be a one nil? I don't know if we did last week before the game started. I, I, as I was watching it, about 10 minutes into the game, uh, I sent a text message to one of my mates who's really into his football and I said this would be one nil to Germany in extra time. Um, so, you know, it... As soon as the game started, really, for a World Cup final, it was actually entertaining. It was a good game. You know, both teams were sort of playing semi on the counter attack and, and trying to break more so Argentina because you know Germany do like to play the ball around the midfield. Um, it was a good game, but it didn't look like either team would score. Uh, you know, a couple of great chances were missed. I mean, you know, Argentina in the first half. Oh well, well, Messi had a one-on-one, didn't he? And uh, I think it was the start of the second half, wasn't it? And he, you know, we you put your money on him, you put your put your mortgage on him, put well, your house on him to finish it, and he he, he fluffed it. Messi wasn't the the, the most outrageous. The Higuain when he, oh, he was yeah. one-on-one with the keeper, and oh, he was that, put through by Tony Cruz. I mean, that would have been a great assist from Cruz, wouldn't it? Like a Gerrard-like assist. It was almost as if he had too much time to think about it, wasn't it? And he sort of, you know, the pressure got to him and, and he panicked, really. So um, he probably could have took another touch there, really, and then, and then just slotted yeah, it in one of the corners. It was, it was, it was like that, the other chance where he scored the, 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 the half volley and he just did it instinctively. I think he, he, he tried to get that instinctive kind of finish, but he had loads more time than he had. In, in the first uh, the first goal he scored and yeah blew it um, he had one chalked off for offside clearly offside as well um, but as I say that chance Messi had I can't remember any clear cut chances, chances the Germans had though I mean they, they, they had a few uh, like just shots straight at the goalie didn't they yeah there was a few bits of nice build up and balls played across into the box but nobody actually dared to get on the end of them basically um, you know as you say, you, you look at that German team and they're just so strong in midfield. They've got so many good midfielders at the moment, haven't they? I mean, they were unlucky on the day of the final for Sammy uh, Kadira. Yeah, that's gutting for him, that, isn't it? It's, you know, that's not what you want, is it, to get injured in the warm-up for the World Cup final. Uh, and His replacement came on and he got injured within half an hour as well. Yeah, and it was a surprising replacement as well. The lad, you know, was barely played for Germany. It played, I think, a total of two minutes previously in this tournament uh, and then starts in the World Cup final Christoph Kramer uh, the Blues have actually been linked to it in some papers this week uh, which is a bit of an interesting one uh, I don't really take him now if he's you know woke up by now because he didn't have got a whack didn't he in the face oh yeah yeah um, yeah. he looked like he'd been knocked into the middle of next week didn't yeah. he <laughs> um, my uh, one of the lads in my work thinks that was an intentional 
snide challenge by the, the Argentinian defender. What what's your thoughts? I thought it just looked like they just it's, it was it's, unlucky. It's just hard to tell. It's hard to tell. And I mean, Argentina have got a bit of a history for doing little snide things, haven't they? So you know, well, he's, know. Give, he's given the Argentinian defender top snide points for that challenge. So. <laughs> Which I thought was a bit harsh, but yeah, as we say, at the end of the 90 minutes, uh, it was nil-nil. Well, just talk about another chance that Argentina had, and I can't remember if it was an extra, uh, an extra time or late on in the game. Our mate with the stupidest ponytail, the stupidest hair you've ever seen in football, and he, uh, he just he flipped it over, and uh, Noyo came out, and got a little bit too high, a little bit too much on it, and went, went to the left of the goal. But what what's with that hair? Do you know what? In, uh, at the end of our World Cup, you know, rundown, we're going to talk about our three highlights and low points of this World Cup. And I really should have put his hairstyle in as one of my low points. Yeah. Because it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, well done, Mr. Palacios or whatever your name is. Palacio. <laughs> Wilson Palacios. It's not Palacios, it's Palacio, isn't it? Anyway, getting to the to in, into extra time, uh, Mario Goethe came on and um, broke the deadlock with with a worldie. Just great touch and you know volley before it bounced um, and into the far corner and goalie had no chance. And what a goal to win the World Cup! What a goal! It was a, a very impressive. He's got the whole package. Gerton, hasn't he? It's a very <laughs> impressive package that he brings to the table. Yeah, well, he came on as a substitute and got straight to the point. No, maybe not. No. Um, did, you, did you hear that, that stat? I don't know whether you're watching BBC's or ITV's coverage, but it was the first ever World Cup uh, winner by a substitute, which is a nice little stat. Really? Yeah. You wouldn't have, wouldn't have thought that, would you? Do you think, you know, not starting Gerton was a little bit hard on him? <laughs> For anyone who's thinking, what are these two talking about? Uh, obviously, there's been a picture doing around on Twitter this week, and um, if you've not seen any pictures of Mario Goethe this week, just uh, Google uh, Goethe Speedo Boner uh, and have a look at the picture that gets brought up, and you'll understand exactly what we're talking about. It's highly amusing. Whether it's amusing or not, is a boner contention. I like it. I like it. We'll, we'll post it to the Not Better, Just Better Facebook page sometime today, so uh, anybody can have a look at Gator's beard in a bikini or his massive blob on. <laughs> massive? Well, all right, not massive, but... I think it was more of a side-on when, you, when you're trying... Everyone's, everyone's had that awkward moment. Maybe it's not, not massive, all right. It's, 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 it's uh, small to what I'm used to. Um, no, that sounded gay, that, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's had that awkward moment when you get a lob on, and maybe not in speedos, but maybe if you're just in your bills and you've got to do something, and you have to push it to the sides a little bit. Or, you, know, you know, everyone's had that moment, surely. The podcast has reached an all-time low. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we just like to keep it real, you know. So, well, let's face it, though. You know, if he has to face the embarrassment of getting papped while he's got a lob on in his speedos. That really, you know, doesn't detract from the fact that he's got an amazingly fit beard and he's just scored the winning goal in a World Cup final. So, to be fair to Mario Gaeta, his life is going pretty well at the moment. Yeah, yeah, he's... Uh, well. He's got it, cool hair as well. I'm going to throw it out there. Well, fair enough. I don't know. Can't even, can't, don't even comment on that. Uh, the celebrations were great. I, I, I always love, unless it's the shite, 
I always love seeing football celebrations because I, I, I just I remember like my brief <laughs> one, one and only. <laughs> what did you ever have to celebrate? Celebration? No, I mean Everton winning. Oh, right, I thought you were going to say in your own football career when possibly you, you know... No, when we won the five-a-side league at the pits and when, we were like, when it was just a one-day league when I was 15, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> no, I remember, you know, that time, like, in the 95 final, and, you know, it's it always makes you want those days back, so I love seeing those footy celebrations. Like I say, unless it's a shite or if it's, if it's a snide, like coming over, kissing the camera or whatever. Um but did you, did you see um, Mustafi in there like, all over the camera with a medal and it's just like like Moisey what are you up to why yeah why, why? <laughs> well but there you go so uh, yeah Germany are world champions it seems a little bit weird at the moment doesn't it to not have Spain winning the tournament yeah uh, we talked about Brazil bowing out with the Wimper at least they made as, as far as like um, as far as the semis so you know Spain I mean, what a rebuilding they've got it. They've got it on their hands. And when you look at you know Germany winning it, Holland getting to the semi, this fallacy that European teams wouldn't have a chance out in a, in Brazil uh, was a load of all rubbish. And you know, England certainly can't use that excuse, can they? Because it's not particularly warmer in Germany than it is in England. Well, I mean, I, I think they should look at. Uh, I, I mean, what do you think about like Jurgen Klinsmann as an, as an England manager? Because he's, he's re- he, re- he rebuilt. That's as much as it's down to you know. Uh, what, it's, you're, it's, you're, as much as it's down to Yogi, it's down to Klinsman as well. You know, because he rebuilt that. Yeah, but it, it's easy to to pin that on an individual. But it's not, is it? You know, Germany. I've got an FA just like England have, and you know, Klinsman would be. The, the figurehead for that, but he's not going to be the be all end all. He's doing it for the USA as well. A rebuilding has got to start on coaching level, hasn't it? It's got to start, you know, right the way down it, and it takes a while to put into place. So there's no reason why, though. Well, it is because we've got massive obstacles in in our system, but theoretically, in eight years, we could be dominating world football. If the or do you think it's, it's it'll be longer than that? Do you know why I think you know? Germany have improved quite a lot and there's a number of reasons for this one of them is you know if you have a look over the last 10 years or so uh, the Bundesliga you know okay they do bring foreign players in but they don't have a bigger influx into the league as say the Premier League does for instance there's a lot more German players playing in Germany in the top flight clubs than there is English players playing for the Premier League clubs in the top flight so that's probably one reason the other reason, though, as well is Germany have a habit of poaching players from other countries. Oh, yeah. Turkish players, Polish players. So, I mean, you know, England tend not to really do that that often. You know, with well, one or two exceptions, possibly. But, um, no, no, I mean, the only, the only, I mean, the high-profile one is probably Michael Owen from Wales. <laughs> well, yeah. And Owen Hargreaves from... What, Canada or whatever? Possibly. Um, well, isn't Ross Barkley qualified to play for Nigeria? What? Yeah, he is. Is he? He is, yeah. He is, uh, he's got, I think his, his dad or his granddad's Nigerian, so he is uh, technically available for Nigeria. I, I, I think the reason why, you know, if you look at the players who've been that kind of dual, dual nationality, it's because they thought he'd have no chance of playing for England at all, because traditionally not a lot of young players get a chance to play for England. So they do pick Scotland or they do pick, like, Anachibi, pick Nigeria, for example. Not that, you know, he's, he would have made it for England anyway. But 
they don't they wouldn't have got a chance, would they? Because England players don't get a chance when they're young. Unless they're absolute worldies. So, you know, there you go. Um, but as you say, you know, it's going to be a massive rebuilding programme for no, England. But Roy Hodgson's not the man for it. They need a, a young, dynamic kind of man. Not somebody, not some sad sack who just... So is this you actually setting your stall out for Jürgen Klinsmann to be brought in as England no, manager? No, some kind of... I mean, I haven't thought about this before the podcast today. I'm just thinking about it, like, off the cuff now. Someone like that, a young, dynamic manager who's been there and done it, and, you know... It's, You're it's, describing Roberto Martinez, you know, don't be starting to say things like that. No, but he hasn't been there and done it, has he, as a, as a player? You know, we played for... Klinsman was top of the game as, the, as a player. He went into management, and you know he, he did a great job with Germany. Although he didn't win anything with Germany, he set that. He, you know he he made that nation footballers great again, or brought them all together. To it's be not great. like they were ever terrible. No, fair enough. But if, you know, putting those players together and that, that, that footballing system now, where everybody talks about, although closer came into it later on in the tournament, everybody talks about this floating number nine and this kind of stuff. But that type of football, where every every one of them can drop out and another one can move forward, that dynamic style of play, it's very modern, isn't it? It's not like you know, just hoof the ball upfield, number nine flicks it on, and you know, the, the, the number ten who would be alongside him, not running from deep would go on to it. Um, it it's, it's a modern system and it's something England are so uh, light years behind. Um, you know, who, who did we have? We had what Sturridge up front on his own and he's a good player. I mean, it, I hate to say it, but the players around, you know, it, it, it's just not good enough and the system's not good enough. Right, we're going into dark waters here complimenting uh Liverpool players, so let's, let's get go, away. Let's, let's let's get away. Let's get away from the, the press and talk of England. Uh, as an overall view with the World Cup itself, good tournament. You think? I'm oh, enjoying it. Wasn't, it was amazing. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, so, there were some dull points. I mean, we'll talk about. I think that the group games in particular. You know, I can I can't think of a bad one to be honest. It no. was, the group games where you know everyone was having a go. I thought it was brilliant. It started getting a bit tense, didn't it? Once you got to the knockout phase, but well, yeah, it was like. People don't want to lose at that point. Chess games to, to, like, to, to throw out a cliche, and clubs would rather take the lottery of the, the penalties or try and nick one, or take rather than being, you know, trying to just dominate. And that's um, yeah. So that kind of killed a little bit of the momentum of it. But you know that when it came to the semis in Germany, blew Brazil away. That just you know reignited it again. Was it? It was one of them. Special World Cup well, moments where you were seeing history. Basically. Also, the USA, the USA game. Um, you know, when Tim Howard made all those saves for us, you know that reignited it for us as Evertonians. Um, Rodriguez scoring those two like worldies. You know, you're stepping on the toes of our highlight to the World Cup. Yeah, so I know. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so as far as the tournament goes, you know, I was highly disappointed with the last World Cup in South Africa. You know, it was, it wasn't a good World Cup. Those stupid. Bloody things in the crowd, the Vuvuzelas just yeah. killed it for me. I had to watch every game on mute, um, and and this was you know exactly what the World Cup needed. It definitely brought World Cup football back to me. So um, before we went on air today, we was, we separated apart and we we listed down our top three uh, highlights and low points of the World Cup each, and uh, we've not discussed these so far. So. Uh, do you want to start us off? Do you want to go with your low points first? Well, or just before we do that, we'll have to just throw in, uh, throw in our social media links because we've mixed the show up a little bit today. So have a listen to our links. If you haven't followed us on anywhere, 
Go and do that now. This is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC, Not Bitter, Just Better. Or you can find us on Twitter at Just Better EFC. Okay, don't forget, we are also on Instagram. Just search Not Bitter, Just Better. Are we? We are. And it's not just pictures of RT. Though I'm, I am tempted every now and then. When I make a nice spag ball, I'm tempted to take a picture and put on our, on our Not Bitter, Just Better Everton Instagram. I'll disown you if you do. <laughs> Can we put Mario Gates' boner on there, though? Um, I could too, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, That'll get all the ladies looking. Um, we are aware that this is an Everton podcast and we've not really mentioned Everton yet. Um, it's the last week of the World Cup. We thought it, you know, it was something to talk about. Uh, and don't worry, the podcast next week will be back to being all Everton, won't and we st- Everything's still got an Everton take on it. And you, well, you will see that when we talk, as we discussed just before our links at um, our highlights and low points of the World Cup. I haven't really put many Everton links in there, so oh, I hope yeah. you have. <laughs> yeah, all mine are. All right, okay. Um, so, do you want to go first, or do you want, do you want to do one by one, high or low? Do you want to go low or low? Uh, I'm going to do a high point first. Yeah. Uh, and a high point for me was basically, you know, seeing the birth, I think, of a new superstar in world football. You know, for so long, we've been dominated by who's the best player in the world, and it's only ever been talked about as being Messi or Ronaldo. And I think in James Rodriguez or James, 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 yeah. James Rodriguez, um, we're basically seeing somebody who can challenge the two of them for being, you know, the best player in the world. You know, I'll hold my hand up. I'd heard of him before he went to the World Cup, but I never realised just how good he was. The player took the tournament by storm, finished top scorer. Um, and how he wasn't named player of the tournament by FIFA, how that, that award was given to Messi... Uh, I've got no idea. The lad was absolutely robbed. It's bizarre that though, because Messi got the golden ball rather than the golden boot. He got the golden ball, but wasn't in the world eleven. And neither was Tim Howard, which was an absolute travesty. But you can understand that one. Well, maybe. Tim Howard wasn't even in the, the three nominations. It uh, was it was uh, Navas Romero who did nothing really in the tournament. Okay, he saved a couple of penalties in a penalty shootout, and uh, and and obviously no yet. And I think no yet, in all honesty, was the best keeper of the tournament. Well, because yeah. you know Howard had one utterly sublime game and a couple of good games. I think because he because his saves weren't like you know. I mean, we're going we're going back into a little bit. In fact, let's talk about it in a sec, that in a sec, because he's one of my hands. Let's, should, we, should we just go into that now? Because one of my height of, you finished on Hammers. Yeah, obviously, you know, just, just to finish off, it looks like he's going to get a big move to Real Madrid. He's, 63 million? He's going to go massive. He's going to be a world superstar. Uh, and, you know, for what he did in that World Cup and for the entertainment he gave us, uh, the lad deserves it. That goal he scored was just utter. Well, he scored a couple of great goals that he during the World Cup, but, you know, the one that won goal of the tournament... Um, the, that chest down and volley was just, you know, like me, basically. Well, it reminds me a bit of myself, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so go on. I think uh, it's one of your, I take it one of your high points then is going to be that performance by Tim Howard. Oh, yeah, Tim Howard, because it just confirmed him, I think, on the world stage. I said before, 
uh, the tournament, well, when the tournament started, when he did that nightcap there for the last game, it was great to see Tim Howard in there amongst the world elite of players. You know, you had Messi, Ronaldo, you know, David Luiz, right, uh, Ibrahimovic, uh, and Rooney, and all the all these superstar players, and Tim Howard's in there. And I think that game just, you know, 16, 16 saves in a world in a World Cup game, a record since you know since records began in the World Cup, just outstanding. Uh, he raised his profile. I think he raised the profile of football in the US along with the whole USA's performance. So he, that performance and the fact that he's our Tim, uh, that he's one of my. That's one of my top three. Well, I'm quite embarrassed for you, really, there, because you you basically missed the whole biggest point of that as well. The fact that he screwed his beard back. Yeah, as well. Yeah. So somehow his beard could have been in the top three on its own. Yeah. We're, we're glad to see the beard back. Um, another one of my highlights, obviously, staying on the you know the Everton subject, and that was Tim Cale. That was his goal in particular, which was we actually recorded live on the podcast. Uh, you know, and just the fact that it was the last time we'll see him in an Australian shirt. Uh, you know, he's coming towards the end of his career now, internationally and probably in the game itself uh, as a player. Um, and you know, just seeing him lead that Australian team, give all he's got as Tim Cale has always done, uh, it was brilliant. And you know, it was it's quite sad to see him go really from the, from Australia. But what a way to bow out and what a goal! Yeah, it was one of it. That was one of my top three as well. We both picked this one, did we? Yeah, because I mean, we, we were doing it live and we both had like an eye on the telly while the game was on. And to me, obviously the goal was amazing. It was Van Basten-esque and, you know, we were, you know, you can run out of superlatives for it. And personally, I think it was better than uh, Hammer's goal because it was just technique to chest it. That's, you know, and to chest it and volley it, yeah, great. But the way you watched that coming over the shoulder and the power he got with his left, that's just amazing. I think... If if you didn't know anything about the two players and you were just watching the two goals separately, I think the Rodriguez goal is is, is much better. But you look at James Rodriguez and you can see he's clearly you know sublimely talented, naturally talented, gift, a gifted, gifted player. What we know about Tim Cale, you know, the fact that he's you know a, a decent player, a good player, but he's he's all heart, isn't he? That's what he's renowned for. To see yeah, him, it, and to he... see him score a goal like that, and the technique he used to do that, for me, you know, that that sort of as an Evertonian pushes that goal ahead of Rodriguez. But I think as a new, t- you know, if you step away from it, Rodriguez's goal was better for me. Just just finishing off on Tim from my end. Uh, to me, his performance in the World Cup that put to bed any kind of uh, criticisms that he couldn't do it, and the reason he left Everton was because he was finished. Okay, I think he chose to go to the US and try and build a brand over there, and I, I still think he could perform uh, in the Premier League, and uh, and I think his performance in the World Cup, I think that confirmed it for me, and maybe not at Everton, like week in week out. I think there'd be a place for him, and uh, I, I still think he uh, he's definitely definitely not finished. And that's you know, but I'm finished on Tim Cale now. Okay, what was your third highlight? Uh, well, controversial one, uh, but to me is uh, Luis Suarez going apeshit again. 
and just <laughs> because we all thought, you know, he's had his counselling. We thought he, you know, he finished playing the year last year, and we thought, you know, all that was behind him. All right, he still had his little diving incidents and stuff like that, but when that moment happened against Italy, uh, I just me, me heart just fluttered a little bit, and I thought, great, that animal has struck again. That disgusting club <laughs> is going to back him and be absolutely slated from every angle. And I thought, as as a prop, a proper bit of blue, I thought that was just, yeah, it just made me die a little bit inside with happiness <laughs> that happened. <laughs> and I knew it would mean the end of his career at Liverpool and uh, the end of him doing little snide shit against us. I, I'm going to throw it out there. Now he's a Barcelona player. I quite like him. <laughs> I think he's world class. I think he's misunderstood. <laughs> I think his bin should probably be rescinded. Um, and I think he should be allowed to play for Barcelona in the Champions League uh, and score past Liverpool. That's what I think should happen this, this year. Um, Liverpool should take the four-month ban. Yeah, 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 because yeah, it was done under their the stewardship. So I can't I'll believe I can't believe that Brenda has come out today and said that they wanted to keep him. The cl- the club has no shame at all. Just just takes responsibility. The player was an animal when you when he, he was under your management, and now he's gone on to bigger and better things. I'm sure he'll do well, and I'm sure that side of his game will go because. Uh, yeah, because he's he's not like got dirty little rats around him all over the place. The good news from an Evertonian point of view is we don't have to worry about him now until for for the season, and then we'll have to worry about him next season when we play well, him in the Champions League. Well, so, Barca could go out to the uh, go out to the Champions League and go into Europa. So, we, <laughs> yeah, oh well, yeah, I didn't think about that. I can't yeah, see that happening. I, I hope. Uh, uh, you never know. We've got this agreement now. We might be able to get him on loan. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what's going to come next? I somehow I don't think Duncan Ferguson had, uh, had won him at the club. Do you know what's going to come next? Little little selfies of Jenna uh, Delafeo with uh, with the little chihuahua, <laughs> Luis Suarez and going on walks. And, and Suarez <laughs> eating it. <laughs> no, he, he doesn't like dogs, he likes uh, man-flavoured food. Right, okay, so uh, Luis Suarez, good riddance. Yeah, so that was, my, that was one of my three top highlights of the World Cup. Uh, Basically, my third highlight happened right at the end, after the final had even finished. Um, and no, it wasn't the golden giant hand that was given to Manuel Neuer as his prize. <laughs> that was like, terrifying, that wasn't it? Those, they were the worst trophies I've ever seen. Um, one of my highlights of the World Cup uh, was the wives and girlfriends of the German team. All right. That, you know, Mario Goethe's boner maker for a start... <laughs> Was fine. Shayla's misses, my word, just unbelievable. And it was, and it was just, it was weird really because it kept on going to the pitch and like there'd be like German players, you know, lying on the on the pitch with like the the misses is straddling them and all sorts. It was like it was getting a bit raunchy to be honest. Then, but I tell you what, it pays to be a German footballer. Do you reckon? Just going back to that, I've got two questions. Uh, well, one, one question and one point. The first question is. Do you reckon uh, Shirley's bird is called Shirley? Shirley Shirley? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Secondly, um, I want to see Shirley score a curler now. Now that you said that, Shirley curler. Um, secondly, the director of this World Cup, 
Well, I was going to expand on that from my wags. Obviously, it's been a World Cup of amazing women, basically, hasn't it? But it was very continental in its direction. You could say it was done in a European style, couldn't you? You could do that. You could say that, yeah. It was very... It was. It amazed me how it, in a World Cup that's probably been attended by, I'm guessing here, but I'm guessing probably, I don't know, a million tickets maybe, maybe more, maybe less, but a lot of tickets, let's face it. There wasn't one ugly woman in the crowd, a woman in the crowd at any game. Yeah, that's what they mean. There was a, the, the way they did it, it was less replays, less inane shit, more fit birds and a lot of blokes crying. Do you reckon to bring that in at Goodison next season? Well, I was might thinking struggle to find them, to be honest. <laughs> I was thinking, do you think they'll incorporate this into, into the Premier League direction of football? But um, <laughs> I don't think there's as much talent in no, there. No, I mean, you know, you know you, to be fair, you probably do all right at Goodison, because, you know, you know, there's a few nice-looking scouts women out there, as long as they don't open their mouth. Yeah. But I think they'd struggle at the likes of Stoke. Just before we move on... Um, um, you didn't see the pictures of you, uh, did you, of Rihanna? She was in the crowd in Americana watching the final, and she suddenly become a Germany fan. Right, and okay. So she had a Germany flag wrapped around her. This is the same Rihanna who's, like, from Barbados, isn't she? And uh, is always doing the Brazilian carnivals with, like, with her nips out and everything. <laughs> so she's, she's, she's just like a, a The Germans obviously never bombed their chiffy Or their dad's chiffy when they were younger did they, so. is, she, is she just a glory hunter? But she was posing with all the players And I wonder whether Mario Goethe was still thinking about it <laughs> There you go, there's another possibility um, Yeah, so they were our highlights of the World Cup then Yeah see, uh, um, Should we do our low points as well? Yeah, go on then Is it my turn or your turn? Um, I'll go first and I'm only going to say one word on this, and I think we've already covered it enough, and that was England. Oh, yeah. Well, Absolute. I've got, that, I've got that in mind. You know, we, we talked a lot about Evertonians not jumping on the England bandwagon, but when it started, we were like, you know, we were proper into it, weren't we? We were proper wanting England to win. And, you know, it was typical being let down by England, by an, uh, the nation being let down. And... Um, you know, it's the end of an era for a lot of players, and it doesn't seem like they realise it as well. I mean, you know, they're still not talking about it. <laughs> that's all you're getting. Okay. <laughs> Big fat raspberry for England. Okay, that's it. That's all I'll say on it as well because I've already done my spiel on England. Um, my next one is semi England England related in the and it's Adrian Childs. Yeah, I think they realised uh, the unpopularity of. Adrian Childs towards the end of the tournament and started putting Matt Smith and you know I'm not a I'm a heterosexual guy but visually a little bit more appealing and less inclined to talk or to cack Adrian Childs is like a bad case of hemorrhoids he look he's got a face like he's got a face for radio he's got a face like hemorrhoids and he's annoying like hemorrhoids uh, to be fair right I, I think he's alright and he did an alright job but you can't have an alright job in the World Cup. It's watched by millions and millions of people. And, um, you know, he shouldn't be your anchor. Because he's a wanker. <laughs> he's definitely shutting up round your anchor. <laughs> um, the, I, said, I think I said a few weeks ago, the one show 
that's what he's suited to. You know, a little half hour show. Because I don't have to watch that. He is suited to that because I don't have to watch it. I don't have to watch the World Cup. Yeah, fair enough. How um, many people do you think watched the World Cup final on ITV rather than BBC? Well, I had I I I think I was watching a little bit on my iPad. I was watching a little bit of it, and I was watching it on the uh, TV catch up live. But it automatically went to ITV, and I didn't realise until like a few minutes in. And an early, an uh, early pulled a hamstring diving from the iPad to try and get it over onto BBC One. Although Mark Lawrence and Alan Hansen, it comes to something when you'd rather watch them two than somebody. Isn't and that's it? what Agent yeah. Childs does to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. So Agent Childs is your second uh, low point. My second low point, again England related, Slippy G. I mean, it's just that moment, uh, and. Uh, it was a bittersweet because once again it gave us blues amazing uh, material and firepower and you know t- to rip the red shite but that that one moment I mean we might, we probably wouldn't have won anyway but ugh, just our, our it, it, it just there was a second of pure like oh my god like hearts hearts sunk and you know. Utter, utter disappointment and then we were like oh fuck this England England is shit fuck Gerard and fuck the red shite do you know what I've got to say on this matter <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> um, so your third my third and you know I'm actually fighting back the tears talking about this um, it's a low point from the, the World Cup point of view but it's you know it's a high point as well in the fact that you know we saw the end of an era and we saw the end of one of probably the best players we'll ever see in our lives, and that's uh, the fact that Pirlo bowed out to the World Cup with Italy, uh, and uh, and that's the end of him in international football and gracing the world it? stage. Because I thought he'd announced it, but then I, I thought he'd been re been rescinded. Well, I don't think he's going to grace in the World Cup final oh, yeah, without a enough. doubt, is he? Yeah. Um, you know and. Or the game he plays, he could go on until he's fifty. Couldn't he? Well, you, you think that, uh, you know. We've talked. I've talked about Pirlo before on the podcast. The man is just the epitome of cool. You know, I love watching him play football because he just takes the piss and he just makes it look so easy. It reminds me of myself again. Looking at the yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, look, I look like a hobo as well. Yeah, <laughs> you've both got sort of grey and long hair. That's about where it, that's about where it, it ends. The, the similarities, um, and you're quite partial to a wine every now and then. Um, but yeah, you know. What can you say? The man's a genius, and uh, I'd be sorry to see him go. Yeah. Uh, well, I've got nothing to add, really. I think you summed it up. Uh, my final point is, from the very start of uh, the World Cup, the broadcast, uh, Pitbull, that, that, sh- that performance, that opening ceremony, oh, my God. It was just, like, like I said before, it wasn't piped into the uh, TV PA, so all you could hear was like a wind noise and then Pip-Boy every now and again sing, sing Ole or something, or Brazil, Ole, whatever. And uh, whilst a 40-year-old German pop star did sl- uh, slut drops next to him and Jennifer Lopez had a um, camel toe uh, wiggling around. Um, so that, that was that was pretty much uh, a low point from the beginning for me. But Do you know what I've got to say about that? <laughs> there you go. So, so that's it. That's we, it. We are. That's it. The World Cup finished. 
Don't. The only way we will now mention a World Cup on the podcast is if we start talking about players from the World Cup who are linked with the Blues from next yeah. week. Yeah, bye bye World Cup. Au revoir. Uh, obrigado. Is that the word? That's that's. Thank you. Thank you in, yeah. in Portuguese. Well there done. You yeah, there you go. Um, so uh, we're forty five minutes into this podcast now. Uh, I think this will be the latest our Everton news has ever come. But, we'll but be, the best jingle ever. We'll be back after the jingle uh, with all the news of the week for Everton. As Mark said, probably the latest you'll ever hear that jingle on our podcast, because uh, we've had all the thing that we're not going to mention anymore <laughs> to talk about. Yeah, we just have to we'll just go, <laughs> no, whenever we're going to mention it. <laughs> so, uh, first off, before we go into the news, uh, we made some bold predictions last week, didn't we? Which uh, haven't necessarily uh, come to fruition. We did, yeah. After I... You know, successfully predicted two weeks ago that we will have signed a player by last week's podcast. I went out on a limb last week and said we'd have signed two more players by this week's podcast. And you crazily one up me and said we'll have signed three players. Well, I thought I thought Bessic, Sanchez, and Galloway would have said, right? Okay, uh, we've actually signed <laughs> Big Fat Family Fortune Zero. Um, we're supposed to have signed Bessic about five times this week, uh, and still no uh, confirmation, although everybody seems to believe that he is coming. Yeah, uh, it seems to be on the brink of being confirmed every five seconds, and then he's been spotted all over the show, spotted in Austria. There was a player who boarded the bus and boarded the plane who had a hoodie on, who people didn't recognise, and everybody assumed it was him, when it was probably just the kit man's uh, assistant or something like that. Um, it was probably just Army Paul stowing away. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, no, not not confirmed as yet. So, uh, we'll, 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 let's start there. Let's start with the players we've been linked it with. It made me look week. a bit silly the other day, didn't it, on our page? Because you had, had it on uh, good authority. My club source, uh, you know, it was. <laughs> if only I could tell you who it was, people would realise just how reliable this club source is. It's not the friend of someone's brother's. Kitman's uncle. Uh, it is uh, a very well-known figure in the club, um, and they said that the Bessage deal will be done in the next twenty-four hours, which probably be. was the belief at the time. In the it club, might I suppose. Be. It might be done. It might be done and dusted, and they might have just after, as they say, it could be some clearance or you know some cross some T's and dots on eyes or whatever the term is. And I know it makes us sound stupid when we're saying about sources and stuff like that, but, you know, you just have to trust us on that one. You know, as I say, it is someone who, who you can trust. Her. And we have been told things in the past that have come true. So um, we believe that the best deal is going to get done, but we're just waiting for the, the the unveiling in the new shirt. Galloway looked to be a cert. What happened there? I've got no idea. I've not heard anything on it at all since last week. Carla Sanchez was uh, supposed to be a cert and then was just rubbished not long after. Yeah, I think that was denied by the club president of, of Elche, wasn't it? He came out and said that, that there's been no bid. I think out of, you know, out of those three deals you spoke about, Besic, Galloway and Sanchez, Sanchez was the one that was always a little bit dodgier than the other two, I think. There was always a bit of a grey area on that because there was never any sort of official or semi-official even confirmation uh, as far as other other links uh, Roman Eremenko won the Europa League 
uh, with Ruben Kazan. He's from Finland. He is the Finnish Javi. The Finnish Javi. Is Javi not the finished Javi? <laughs> yeah, he's the finished Javi. That's why we're being linked with him 10 years too late. So, so this is the Finnish Javi. Yeah. Right, okay. And he's uh, 27 and got 60 caps for Finland, as we said. So we, we'd have the Irish Messi, <laughs> the Albino Pele, <laughs> and the Finnish Javi all playing for us if we sign them. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, we have also been linked strongly with Carlos Bakker, who's a centre forward from Colum. Actually, he's not. He's a, a winger from. Col- no, he is Col- a centre forward. Oh, is he? Yeah, you get your players mixed up. Oh, yeah. Now. Sorry. Eremen- Don't get Benji on our case again. Eremenko is the winger stroke right back. Carlos Bakker is a centre forward from Colum. I'll correct you once more there. Eremenko is actually a central midfielder who can play on the wing. Oh yeah. You weren't yeah. listening to me when I was uh, telling you that the Wikipedia updates before, were you? <laughs> I've got my notes. I've got my notes mixed up here. <laughs> yeah, he's a central midfield. That's why he's called the finish. The finish. Javi. Javi oh, plays in central midfield. You do know that. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. I know that much. Um, but he can play right back and wide right as well if need be. Uh, Carlos Bacher. Yeah. Can we talk about him. Go on. Then. <laughs> he played in the World Cup of Colombia. Yeah. He currently plays for Sevilla in Spain. Yeah. Uh, I think he scored 21 goals last season. Is that right? Did we write that down? I didn't. I think it was 21 goals. Uh, and obviously they went on to win the Europa League last year. So quite highly rated. Uh, big fee for him now. 14 million quid and he's 27. Yeah. So we'll wait and see. Just as a matter of interest, you've threw me here. Why are we doing the transfer links before the general Because we started off talking about um, the signings. Right, okay. You just low-ball on me then. Yeah. Nice so, one. so uh, also, I mean, we we do Evertonians a disservice if we didn't talk about this. But the amount of times, not as many times as Besic, but the amount of times people have said that the Lukaku deal is done and dusted. Um, no chance. He's still on. He's on. I saw it on his Instagram this week. He's on phase one of his holiday. Where where is phase one? I don't know. It looks it looked nice. But I didn't see where it was. I, th- I wouldn't expect him to be in Haven and press that. And no, 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 no. Um, maybe he's in Dubai with uh, with Ross. I think Ross is well back by now. Ross is in in Austria, isn't he? Don't think so. No, I think the play- the, the World Cup players have got a little bit longer. All right, okay. Yeah, I'm not seeing any pictures of them. Um, who else have we been linked with? Oh, Do you know where Phase Two of Lukaku's holiday is? It could be. Uh, it could be Prestatin. We needed to be Prestatin so we can get up to Finch Farm and sign his phone. Yeah, another player we were linked with is uh, Bar, our hero, who has now signed for Besiktas. Who's, uh, but his agent has come out and said that uh, Everton were very close to signing. Yeah, was, was this summer? Yeah, yeah, this was in the last week or so. Apparently, his agent said, you know, Everton were interested. They, had, they did talk to Denver. I think the sticking point was wages because he's on about 80 grand a week. Uh, best success, we're willing to, to pay that. Uh, and you tend to find that a lot of strikers do sort of go out to Turkey, don't they, and, uh, and play out there. So, um, fair play to him if he wants to go out there and, and play in Turkey. They all, all these strikers, you know, the likes of Drogba and... And everybody else who go out there, they always seem to come back after one season. Hate it, don't they? Well, is it from what we heard from Kevin Campbell's stories? It's a very racist nation, isn't it? I think it can be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're doing well, 
you're all right. But if you struggle a little bit, then I think the fans can turn... I mean, this was Kevin Campbell's day, so we're going back a while here. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if we still look at... I'm sorry if there's any Turkish uh, Evertonians listening to this. I'm not saying you're racist. I'm just saying that can be, you know, from what Kevin Campbell said a few years ago, my understanding of it. Right, I'll stop Johnny digging his hole now. <laughs> that he, he's clearly <laughs> digging. Um, yeah, so... Christoph Kramer. Denver Bar's off the list of strikers anyway. I'm getting a little bit worried now because we're clearly going to need someone to play Tramia next Tuesday. Well, I was was thinking about this and we can talk about that in in a little preview if you want. We can't go over to the mighty Tramia Rovers without a centre forward, can we now? Well, we'll talk about it in our preview. Right, okay. Um, Yeah, I think uh, the next link, as you just mentioned his name there, was somebody we mentioned on the podcast already playing in the... Yeah, final. Uh, the lad who was the luckiest man alive, uh, who came on after you know got his medal, got his medal, didn't to, he? To play in the World Cup final, and then was the unluckiest man alive to get knocked into next week, twenty five minutes into the game. Christoph Kramer has been linked with the Blues. Got a medal. Doesn't, probably doesn't remember getting it. He probably doesn't remember speaking to Everton. Everton probably just thought, yeah, he's a bit vulnerable at the minute. Yeah, 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 <laughs> he yeah. might not remember who we are. So uh, we'll get in touch with him. Because uh, I think if he'd had all his senses, he probably would have gone, aren't you the club that let Mustafi go for, for nothing? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know where this rumour's come from. Lazy journalist. I would have thought one of the big German clubs would snap him up or, or you know. So, yeah. We'll wait and see on that one, but I can't see that happening. In all honesty, all the you know, all the worry, worry is are out again, and they're saying we need to get our ass into gear and sign players. Everton are notoriously late in making signings, so I mean, every year it's the same worries, and you know, we'll just have a little bit of faith. I mean, if you look in the, look at the Premier League at the moment, there's. Not a lot of activity, is there? I the shanks are buying any old rubbish. Well, you know, I mean, how much did they... they what, they got Lambeth on the, on the cheap, didn't they? they got, I think, no, well, I think it's still about £7 million. They paid. I think it was four rising to seven. Was it? Well, they paid 20-odd for Lambanane. And they just paid 20-odd million for this Lazar Markovic. Who? Well, apparently he's a very highly rated player. Yeah. Went to, you know... 20 million, he ought to be. Went to... The Portuguese league for five million last season. Now Liverpool have paid twenty billion pounds for him. Well, getting seventy-five million for the uh, Suarez deal. We we talked a little bit about, it, haven't we? Well, we obviously mentioned that he gone before. So uh, it, I don't think it was seventy-five in the end, wasn't it? Sixty-three point eight. I thought it was seventy-five, and then was, was that Euros though? I don't know. Seventy-five, and there's a six point five percent add-on sell-on fee from Ajax. Which right, would okay. equate to five million, so I think Barca are paying that, so it would equate to eighty million, and it could be euros. I don't know, um, but the fact that they've got that money in the bank now, everything, everyone's like prices are going to go up, aren't they? Well, surely though they've already spent some of that money, haven't they? Yeah, well, yeah, and they're, so. they're being linked with everyone. They got linked this week with a twenty-six million pound bid for Lukaku. Is that just bullshit? It sounds like the type of fee that they like to pay for players. Um, I heard at one point this week they were signing uh, Arigi, the you know the Belgian. One I heard that kid. last week, yeah. Uh, they were signing him. They were signing Boney, and they were signing Lukaku. They were signing all three. So I don't think they're going to sign all three. They probably only need, you know, 
They could probably get away with Arigi and one of Boney and Lukaku. I actually think, you know, there's a little bit of a lull on transfers at the moment, and that's because everyone's waiting to see who goes where. I could quite easily see, you know, Boney and Lukaku both playing for Merseyside clubs next season, but I don't know who will play for which one. Well, look, I mean... It would be heart-wrenching to see Lukaku playing a red shirt. The argument here is, though, why would Chelsea sell to one of the closest rivals? So why would they sell to Everton? Because Everton aren't in their league, in, you know, in that upper league. Are you saying now that Suarez has gone on much better than Everton and Liverpool? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm so just, why would you not but, sell? But, I, no, I don't, I don't agree with this. I've seen this all over the place. But where did he finish last year? I'd, where did he finish? Well, Liverpool obviously finished in the top four. Where did Chelsea finish? In the top four. Well, where did Liverpool finish though? Second. Yes. Where did Chelsea finish? Third. So they're the nearest rival. Yeah, but still, I don't think you can suddenly say. Chelsea won't sell to Liverpool, but they will sell to Everton because Everton are nowhere near where Chelsea are. Well, not. We're a club who are improving. We're a club on the rise. We're a club who weren't that far away from them. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not damning Everton. And now Liverpool have lost their best player. Uh, you know, and, and Everton more than likely are only going to get better as Martinez's role got you know comes but, to fruition. So, but who did we have last season? Who did we have up front? Lukaku. And where did we finish? Fifth, so it's we're not we're not threatening Chelsea, like from their point of view. So like 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 factually, we didn't threaten them in like uh, in when it came to the the, the running. So I don't think Mourinho is that stupid to think Everton aren't in some way a threat to Chelsea. Yeah. Well, so, he, he, lo- he, he loaned us he loaned us Lukaku, but. Going back to the point anyway, um, seeing Lukaku in a red shirt, how would that feel? Well, not a Belgium shirt, you mean? You're not a Belgium shirt, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, a stupid Jag warrior kit. Well, I, I didn't say, I, I thought we wouldn't have a, mo- a social media section this week, but I just remembered that I did put out this uh, question, and the question was, Lukaku knows the score, doesn't he? Or am I being naive? Champions League versus selling his soul. And that was the, the question. That was a question overall. Um, would he go for it? Do you think he would? Do you think he's that much of a mercenary that he would go to Liverpool, even though he's in our hearts and we're in his heart? What, what's your the, thought? An- the answer is, I don't know. <laughs> that, that's, that's a question to be answered over the summer, if Liverpool are put a bid in. We don't even know if Liverpool are put a bid in. Um, you know, I'm sure he wants to play Champions League football. But it's hard to play for Everton and then go and play for Liverpool. But yeah. Could we just just got a few shout outs on this? Phil Abernathy, sadly, I doubt that he does um know the score and know that. It's a no no to go to Liverpool after does. Liam Everton FC Floor, who's a regular on our page, he will reject the red scums and join us. His reaction to when he scored against Arsenal ran straight to Bobby and then something you could see it in his face and that had thirty seven likes, that comment. But I think he's being naive in that. He but, played for West Brom last season, the season before he played for us, and he had the option to go back to West Brom, and he didn't. He chose to go to Everton because he thought they're a bigger and better club. So let's wait and see. I yeah. don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to make a prediction on. Terence Ferguson made that same point. Um, you know, Christopher Melwood, Liverpool apparently in advanced talks. 
Advanced Talks, what's that? Well, that's... Nobody knows. Advanced Talks is code for the papers are making this rumour up, I think. Um, there's been not an official announced that Everton have spoke to Lukaku or Liverpool have spoke to Lukaku, so we, we wait and see. Um, I just wish this Lukaku thing would get sorted either way now because... Uh, I'm sick of talking about it's it. Another, it's going to be another week or so until he's back off holiday. So, I mean, we'll probably talk about Phase one or phase two. Yeah. <laughs> probably phase two start this week. So, phase two next week, and then he'll be back. And then, you know, it'll probably take a week or so to get done and dusted because he's not going to stay at Chelsea, let's face it. Um, so, Lukaku talk, done. Uh, Any more? Oh, just a little transfer story, which isn't Everton related. In fact, two. Um, we talk about transfer activity. Arsenal seem to be the real movers, don't they? Getting Sanchez on board. It looks like they've got Kadir on board, and they've got Debussy on board as well. Um, and you know the way they kind of you know faltered towards the end of last season and ended up finishing fourth after dominating. You know, building on that. Yeah, it looks that way. I mean, obviously, Sanchez's gone to City, hasn't he? So. He's uh, much of a muchness. He is, but is Debucci really a massive improvement on Sanya? Probably not. So I don't think that deal is going to massively improve them in any way. Uh, Kadira, it's off, it's on, it's off, it's on. You know, he, he, apparently he wants crazy wages, so uh, we'll wait and see on that one. Obviously, he's a good player. It's the type of player they've needed for a while. A bit of a bit of a battler in midfield, a bit of a workhorse in midfield. Um, he's all over the place, isn't he? He is, yeah, but, but it, then again, you know they've got they've got a lot of midfielders. I mean, you know, did he start leaving Ramsey out? Did he start leaving Wilshire out? No, no. You know, is this not the season where Oxlade Chamberlain should really break through? So we wait and see on that one. Um, well, Sanchez, it, obviously, I think is a very good buy for the Milan. It Friedman. gives them, you know, if he plays if he plays off uh, Giroud or plays up top or. You know, it, I think it gives them the amount of quality midfielders they have. They could do with Germany. You know, they've got Cazorla. I mean, they've got Arteta. They've got Ramsey. They'll have I can't remember who just Kadir Walcott, Podolski. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah, Oxley Chamberlain. You know, in, in like rotating in that four or five midfields slot. Abu Dhabi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Will he ever be fit? Do you think? No. Um, so and they probably sign a few more. Um, Flamini, we didn't even mention the good holding midfielder. So um, I think Arsenal, are the real, the real movers, and they're trying to get the business done and show that they mean, they, they do mean business for the start of the season. And I think Arsenal also one of the three clubs who are still persistently being linked to John Stones. <laughs> Arsenal, Chelsea, and Spurs. I'm gonna uh, quote you on this, <laughs> except mine wasn't as good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. John Stones isn't going anywhere, so just go away. Behave yourselves. Yeah. So uh, one one final bit of transfer news, so to speak, is uh, Lukas Djukovic. I hope I sp- pronounced that right because Djukovic. J- yeah. White. Yeah. Djorki Wixes <laughs> as uh, signed for newly promoted Burnley. Uh, and he's done well since he left Everton. He's knocked around and you know Championship and I think he even went to League One for a while, didn't he? And obviously he scored. Consistently, wherever he's come been. back up through the leagues, and uh, you know he, he he could he could do all right. Fair play to him. Oh, I, hope he, I hope he does well. I think another player that could follow him soon uh, could be Vaughan. James Vaughan could make his way back up through the leagues. Um, well, my guy Gay is just signed for Millwall on trial. Apparently, on so trial. Uh, no chance. So he could also make his way back up for the. I, I can't see my guy Gay being the type of player 
that Millwall fans will take to. Well, he's not in a Tim Kale mode, is he? He's definitely not in a Tim Kale mode. And he's not in a Path Van Den Arm mode. <laughs> he's not in a Path Van Den Arm mode. Um, yeah, so there's, there's the transfer news of the week. Um, one other mover t- to Everton, or one what's actual it, mover. Was this a transfer from Norwich? What? Are we, are we going to be... I thought we might be talking about Big Joe. Yeah, well, this is, this is a strange one, this, isn't it? Because we talked about this... Towards the tail end, in fact, not even towards the tail end. Before the transfer window closed last season, I think it was. I think it was March time, was it? We talked about it happening, and then it didn't happen for a while. Was we no, well, well, obviously, you know, it was it was as far back as January. I, you know, I obviously got the chance to speak with oh, Joe yeah. Royal. That's uh, what we're talking about. Joe down, Royal, by the way, folks. Sit down, and speak to Joe Royal uh, at dinner a few months ago. Uh, and as I've said on the podcast before, he, you know, I asked him about whether he was going to be coming back to, to the club in any sort of role. He said that the club had contacted him right back in January. Uh, he'd had a conversation with Roberto, uh, you know, and he thought all systems would go. And then the club, for whatever reason, whether they were just, you know, focusing on other sides of the business, never got back to him. Uh, and he, he he would jump at a chance to come back to the club, but. He just hadn't heard anything, and then obviously, you know, a month or so ago, uh, we heard that he'd took a job at Norwich. Yeah, obviously Neil Adams down at Norwich um, thought Joe would be able to come in, and he came in in some kind of consultant role. Um, I don't think he uh, uprooted and sent it, you know, took his family down there. Um, don't know what the actual role was, whether it was actually just like a short term fix for them, but when the Blues came calling, um, which we did this week. Uh, Joe, big Joe, returned to the Blues. Yeah, obviously when he when he took the job at Norwich, I think a lot of us thought you know that was probably the chance of him coming back on. Uh, well, especially, then, I mean, you know, at his age now, was he sixty? Uh, well, of course, sixty-five yeah. now. Uh, and then obviously this week, um, as you say, he must have got the call. Uh, and do you think he even let the door hit him on the backside on the way out? Do you think he probably just put the phone down? In his office in Norwich, and just like I just, like, uh, and just, is, and no. just ran in and went, Neil, see you, mate. Ran down to his car, <laughs> straight yeah. up the motorway. Like. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I read something uh, a Metro article online as well about the sour taste that left in the local fans from Norwich. Um, Have you seen people from Norwich though? They, they always look like they've got a sour <laughs> taste in their mouth. <laughs> Sorry to our Norwich Blues. I think uh, doesn't what about no Norwich, Norwich Blues are, are, are very attractive people, very good looking. Yeah, what about, who was uh, the one who lives in Norwich now? One of our one of no, our no, I'm a Jed. Peterborough, I think oh, he Peter. lives in, but he travels up to Everton games with the Norwich fan club. Oh, with the Norwich Blues, yeah, he does. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so big Joe Royal back in the club. And what's his role? He's a consultant for the Blues, like, and he's he's overseeing. Some kind of relations. Yeah, I think he basically sees, you know, general running, public relations, that sort of thing. But he's, he's obviously a, a great figure there for the club uh, as a player and as a manager. And anyone who's ever met him as on a one-to-one knows just how charismatic and how much love for Everton he's got. And, and that can only be good to have around the club for spirit and, and everything else that goes along with that. I'm a bit disappointed because the only time I've met um, Joe Royal is when I had a great big beard... I ended up talking to him. I must have just looked terrifying because he just looked at me like I was out of Fleetwood Mac or something. 
<laughs> I think Joe Royal probably quite likes Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, possibly. Maybe he was actually maybe trying to think if I actually was someone out of Fleetwood Mac. Do you not think you possibly looked a bit more like Charles Manson? <laughs> yeah, possibly, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's why the look of terror in his face when I had my picture taken. <laughs> but Joe Royal, you know, great to have him back. Uh, and, you know, when he left Everton, he, he wasn't the worst manager we've had you know he obviously won the cup with us well he clearly wasn't the worst manager we've had no but what I mean is he didn't leave like you know threat when we were threatened by relegation we kind of left in, in kind of you know he, he, he could have stayed on for a little bit longer is what I'm saying um, and so it's good to see him back it is definitely um, wish Joe all the, all the luck in the world in his new job and we'll probably come across him uh, if, he, if he's still allowed to be at the functions which he probably will be won't he I would have thought so. Um, I've just put Aussie here because uh, you've got some uh, you've got some statement that Aussie's made, haven't you? Yeah, I mean Osman's been in uh, the Liverpool Echo this week doing an interview with him, uh, and he firmly believes that Everton can improve this season on the fifth place finish that season. So he agrees with me that we will be rivals to Chelsea this season. Well, I'm I'm, I'm not saying that we won't. I'm just saying just going factually on. Um, you know that kind of logic it would be more detrimental to Chelsea's title challenge for them to sell a player to Liverpool to bolster them than it would be to us well you can you can have that point of view and me and Leon Osman will have our own point of view because we're mates All right. right. just going from that source though you said Liverpool Echo did you see the back of the Echo today it said in fact, on the front of the echo... Did say aliens spotted above St. John's Beacon? <laughs> no, Brenda has come out... And it said Brenda? No, Brenda's come out and said... Brenda's come out. Brenda's come out? Yeah. That would be a good front page of the echo. Um, we all know it's going to happen at one point. He's come out and said that... that this is the funniest thing you've ever heard. Liverpool <laughs> uh, will be better next season without Suarez. <laughs> What's he smoking? Good luck with that. I know, yeah. Um, anyway, enough of that. Enough of that uh, foul word. Um, another bit of uh, blue-related news, which we uh, which we were cheering on last week, uh, last weekend actually, as you kind of said when we were waiting for the, the third and fourth place playoff. You were watching this instead. Tony Bellew giving it some beans. Yeah, um, you know we're a football podcast. Uh, we don't usually venture into the realms of combat sports although we have already mentioned we did, we did a little bit today. with a pitbull yeah um, but we always make exception for uh, Tony the Bomber Bellew just because he's such a big blue such a good Evertonian and an all round top lad basically um, and he's hard and he's hard and we're scared of him yeah and he sometimes comes into the bar so we want to be nice to him um, he did let us play with his belt once though when we were like a pair oh, of kids yeah, we were in like WWF wrestling didn't we yeah that was boss um, so yeah Tony fought at the Echo Arena on Saturday night uh, for basically what was a build up fight to a, a hotly anticipated uh, rematch um, It was a great performance by Tony. Uh, so he's great back, back, back on song, no, because he's you know we had a disappointing performance, didn't he? And uh, yeah, he did. I mean, his last performance, which he, which he won, but didn't look you know overly impressive. In uh, this time, uh, he was fighting. Uh, I think he was a Colombian fighter uh, who was quite highly rated. You now had a very good record. 
uh, and Bellew hit him with a left hook. I think it was the fourth round, I think, possibly. Uh, trying to remember back now to Saturday night. Um, great punch. Caught some square on the jaw, knocked him out. Uh, and the cleverly rematches on. Uh, and anyone who's ever, you know, been in the company of Tony Bellew or, or heard him in, in interviews on the TV will know just how much he hates cleverly. Uh, and it, the, probably the most interesting part of the fight on Saturday uh, was after he finished and cleverly was outside the ring and Tony started shouting in his uh, scout accent, Go fucking next, you lad! Hold me back! Hold me back! <laughs> uh, so it should be that's going to be an interesting fight. Going back to, to last year, there was talk about if he fought cleverly or if he fought for the world title, it was going to be held at Goodison Park. Yeah, uh, and I think possibly the cleverly fight could sell that out. The only problem with it is, I think it's scheduled to be late September, early October, which that's does, soon. That's only that's what I, it I, is soon. Eight but weeks away. It that doesn't really make for good conditions for an outdoor fight in the no. northwest of England. No, did that. Well, also, I mean. We didn't stop with the football, you know. Did have to do it like when the fixtures are running down a little bit, or in the it summer. Could be break. in an international break, for instance. Oh yeah, it could be. Yeah, could that'd be great. Yeah. What I would say is, if they do decide to go along that route, that would be one night to be in Goodison because that place will be bouncing. Yeah, you know, Liverpool's got a great history of just fight fans, you know, loving boxing. Uh, a lot of promoters, a lot of a uh, lot of clubs around, and you know, it's. It'd be, I'd be there and I'd, I'd, I'd well if I get a ticket. Well, he's got huge crossover appeal to just to Evertonians in general as well, hasn't he? Because obviously, you know, he comes out, he, he came out the other day wearing a brand new Everton shirt that hadn't been released yet. He always has the the crest on his shorts, he always wears royal blue shorts to boxing. You know, he comes out to Zed Cars, which is just amazing. And it's funny actually because they scanned round Liverpool Arena as he's coming out to Zed Cars and you can, you can instantly tell Evertonians and Copites apart because Evertonians are all like going mad and you just see loads of Copites sticking two fingers up his head cars <laughs> as he's coming out so um, yeah you know well done the bomber uh, and hopefully we'll get to see him fight a good some Monday yep and hopefully try and get an interview with him one day because I think Paul's going to have him on probably sometime soon isn't he and he'll talk about uh, his, his, his last fight and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get a few words recorded and uh Maybe an exclusive or two. Just to clarify, it was Nathan Cleverly who was fighting, not Tom Cleverly. Although I think there are a few Blues who would actually like Tony Bellew to fight Tom Cleverly to stop him signing for Evan. Yeah. The only other bit of news I've got is uh, just the pictures, just how the Aust- Austria camp's getting on. Um, the Blues. Where have we gone to? I don't know. You, you told me Birch, Birch Dan or Birch, no, isn't it Bad, bad Gerton? Bad, bad Gerton, that's which the one. to me sounds like Bad Garden. Now you don't want Everton training in a bad garden. No, do you? Loads of like bits of rubble and like weeds and that everywhere. Nah, don't be fun. But the players that you know constantly keep popping up um, are uh, Luke Garber. Loads of pictures of Luke Garber. Loads of pictures of Leon Osman. Uh, Any uh, Bessage pictures? No. Any Raquel May pictures? No. Gareth Barry. A few pictures of Kone. Without it, but his ears, his ears not bleached yet because the season hasn't started, so it's weird and you, you know it, it's difficult to spot. Um, Maybe he's decided just to have normal hair. Oh, just be, while we talk about hair, and we didn't cover this in the news section. We do talk about hair a lot on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fellaini. Yeah. Fellaini. Did we what? not talk about that last week? No. 
Was it after we finished doing the podcast that we noticed he cut his hair off? I think so. What, was it cut off or was it in a pony? No, it was cut off, wasn't it? Well, I don't know. I thought it was cut off. Did you see the Alas who commented on that picture saying uh, camel toe? About <laughs> Fellini's mum. Who <laughs> was mum or his sister, whoever it was. I did, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, so that's big news, Fellini's there. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the, 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 the players that keep popping up, Stephen Naismith, uh, Gareth Barry, I don't think Barkley, uh, Jags and Morales uh, will be there until next week. So, next week we will be facing Tranmere Rovers for the first uh, of our pre-season friendlies. There's probably going to be some closed doors ones while they're over in Australia. Yeah, I think I'll be playing real and stuff as well, but this is the first real where you'll probably see first-team players over the thoughts well, play if you a go, mixture. if you go on the Sky Sports app on your, on your mobile phone, well, that's where apps are. <laughs> Generally. <laughs> yeah. I sound like I sounded like a granddad then, didn't yeah. I? If you switch Got one of these app things. <laughs> um, on our fixtures, next game, Tramia Rovers. So it's the first first team uh fixture of, of our pre season. Who are we gonna see? This is gonna be our bit of little bit of a preview of that game. Who are we gonna see? Apart from Everton versus Tramia, obviously. Well obviously the Blues are heading over to Penton Park. Yes. To face the super white army. You've got a soft spot for them, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I did. Used to follow them a little bit when I, in my younger days. Uh, you know, used to have a decent team. Used to play decent football. Quite a lot of links to Everton as well. You know, like Pat Nevin, Johnny Morrissey, uh, various different players. We obviously signed Tony Thomas, <laughs> that Everton legend yeah. uh, from, from Tramia. Uh, and obviously, you know, the whole Peter Johnson thing. And, uh, and this fixture actually used to be happen every season. Yeah, I, I think, think we, we've been a couple of times, haven't we, over back we, in the we, day? We mentioned this a few weeks ago when the, when the fixture was announced, yeah. Um, and we used to go we used to go over there and, you know, we used to get, get the bus into... We used to get the bus into the Birkenhead and walk down, didn't we? Yeah. And it was a hike. It was a bit of a hike down <laughs> Borough Road, of all places. Um, so, yeah, it's good. It's for, to me, I think it's good to see the fixture back. It's good, you know, Tramia are not in the best of places at the moment. They've just been... Probably helped them out a bit. It's obviously going to be a big financial boost. You'll probably find that... The attendance of this game is probably going to be higher than any league game they'll have this season. It'll probably be higher than about 10 games combined. I honest. think Everton have been given two whole stands for the game. Uh, so they're obviously there's probably going to be, you know, six, 7,000 Evertonians there. Yeah. So uh, it should be an interesting game. Like you said, you know, I think we will see the likes of, you know, Stevie Naismith, probably see Gareth Barry. Um, well, probably will see Luke Garber because obviously Baines isn't well, going to be ready Oviedo's not ready till September so Garber's going to be first choice left back until then you know John Stones this time we'll probably see well Stones Stones do you think did he, he, he was with the England squad though wasn't he but only if, until the very early stages he I think I think oh no there's been pictures of him back isn't there yeah oh. I think he's I think Stones is back in training um, so you know the likes of Macher, the likes of Seamus probably in, are already back and knocking about um, Machalini, I think we'll get a, get a look in. I think we're going to see Kone back as well. I think Kone oh, more yeah. than likely will start. Uh, I think it's it's far too early for Oviedo. You yeah. know, I think well, he's, he's come out, he come out and said September. September already. for yeah. Oviedo. So uh, Gibbo, yeah, they could start with a partnership and maybe Macher in front. Um, so it's going to be an interesting game. I think we probably will see one or two of the younger players. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Ryan Ledson, for instance. Um, you know, Conor McElhaney, yeah. uh, without a shadow of a doubt, I think will will probably play. Um, 
So yeah, maybe maybe get uh, get Duff, give Duffy a go. Duffy, even the likes of Kennedy or Pennington. Yeah, um, I mean, there's been a lot of, like the under 19s who uh, might make a crossover into the into the reserve squad this season, uh, like what, Courtney Dufus, I think his name is. That his name. That's, that's your name, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Dufus. Ty, but uh, Tyson Browning, who obviously made the bench last year. Um, Ryan Ledson, who you've already mentioned. If they can make a step up into um, the, you know the, the reserve squad, and then they, they might get a chance on the bench. And you ah, might get a look in in this game. I just thought of something. Go on. Joel. Oh, yeah. Joel's yeah. probably going to start and goal. Yeah, Joel's going to start and goal. And there'll probably be, I can't remember his name, Stanich. Stanich? Yeah. Stanich on the bench. I'm going to go, yeah. I'm just going to say, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this should be an interesting game. As it stands, we're both going to be going over and going. Yeah. Um, so, so we should have, over there. We should have a proper match report for you on next week's podcast because it's. Tuesday night the game. Uh, we are going to try and get back to recording on a Wednesday for the se- for our for, for the new season, and then get it out there on a Thursday morning again because we know a lot of you Blues like to listen to it and work on Thursday mornings. <coughs> I can't do it next Wednesday, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it'll be Thursday next week, and then we'll be back yeah, to Wednesday. We will try and do it. Uh, get get back into that system. Um, so you know the, the real game and that coming up. That'll be the chance when you'll see the under nineteens coming. Through. Yeah, that'll be that'll be that'll be kids. I think more than anything, that'll be you know CDs, Wonder Boys. I think playing with the majority in that. Do you um, remember when we went to that game and uh, it was a Portland Victoria and it was the under nineteens and we were hoping to see some uh, some proper. I think Stuart Barlow might have played. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, that was a bit of a hike as well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, and we were on the kick around at the side of the pitch as well. I actually once seen Tramia play then there as well, and my younger brother ran on the pitch at half time and took penalties against Eric Nixon. Oh yeah, nice one. <laughs> anyway, there you go. So that's, that's what we got to look forward to: uh, our first sighting of the the Blues in the flesh for the new season. Sporting a new kit, which yeah. was released today. Yeah, uh, we unfortunately are both skint until, so we'll have to put out a, a, a GoFundMe fund so we can get uh, start getting paid for this shit, like our podcast, so we can get our shares paid for. Do you reckon people will go for it? No. No, <laughs> not too <I. laughs> It's bad enough listening to us waffle for free, imagine having to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> imagine that, to, to listen to next week's podcast, you have to buy us the shares. We're promoting the club. Why don't the club should send us one for a gesture of goodwill? Can you see Bill putting his hand in his pocket for that? Where's the Arteta money, Bill? Yeah. For our Everton shit. Where's the Sky money, Bill? Um, we love you really, Bill. Yeah. You know, you know, not better, just better have got your back. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's what we got to look, to look forward to, and then oh, the real deal business starts. All the players are back from holiday. All the players getting signed, and all our signings come in. I'm not going to make any predictions for our signings for next week because it's, I'm going to get egg on my face again. I'm going to predict that we sign nobody and... Uh, G- yeah, go on. But, but Bessic gets spotted at McDonald's on County Road. Um, I'm going to predict we sign no one as well. I'm going to cry. I'm going to try and cry it in. I like it. <laughs> anyway, Blues, that's it. Enough waffle from us. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening on SoundCloud, etc. Uh, if you listen on SoundCloud, go and get us on iTunes if you've got an Apple device. We also want to say thank you because we are now on a new platform, which is the YNFA app. And we're also getting some links with them. The uh, EPL hub for football. If you're wondering what YNFA stands for, it's You're Not Famous Anymore. Uh, and that uh, concerns a certain red shade club that we uh, never talk about. 
Yeah, so we've got a little bit of a partnership with them going on. They've got an app going on, and they're going to be, I think I can announce this news. Uh, I think they've already announced it. They're going to be starting an online radio station next month, which we will also be part of, and we might have some more news about that next week. Uh, so, you what's can, the space? You can get their app at the moment from the App Store on iTunes. It's 69p. Uh, let's face it, who's going to miss 69p? Get their app. It's another way of listening to us. And as Johnny alluded to there, there could be a little bit of extra content from us coming that way via that app. So uh, Our podcast's already on there, so we will have a lot more on there, so yeah. And, and there's and loads of stuff that skits Liverpool, so uh, if you're a good blue and you hate Liverpool and you like to see a load of funny stuff, uh, get on their app, 69p, who's going to miss that? It's a can of coke. Yep, catch you next week, blues. Dun, 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 dun. Brazil. Brazil, Brazil, Brazil.